not something I saw coming. I didn't see the Bears losing to the Falcons, no matter how far back I looked at this scheduled projection. I'm sure you guys probably agreed. It seemed like uh, polls versus pace, right? Like uh, a Bears 2.0 versus the Bears 1.0. Somehow we lost this game. It's very disheartening. But at the same time, it kind of sprouts a new seed of hope, doesn't it? Because there is a draft that's going to happen after this season. And if we can continue to build on things, and a lot has to be built on, considering we traded some of our team away during the season, and then we went and got Chase Claypool, who still needs to develop within the, within the offense. So, I, I mean, there's a lot to, you know, be – shitty about but there's still a lot to lift our heads about i'm listen i'm not going to be negative i'm not here to be negative if you want to be a negative nancy and listen to negative nancy shit then go somewhere else we're going to try to remain as positive as we can on this episode of bears country podcast i'm not saying forever at some point we're not going to we're all going to lose our fucking minds again at some point right but right now we still have to remain positive so we have Dan Aguirre, we have Cliff Victoria with his Cliff Notes, and we have my very first guest on Bears Country Podcast, who was at the game with me yesterday at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Brian Reberg. We're going to talk it up. So don't light your hair on fire yet, because there's still a lot to look forward to. Kitty, let's kick this shit off! <laughs> country where is it it's in your man cave your home your car your local bar city state it's across the world it's in your heart and it's here the bears country podcast Listen, everyone in the national media, even the local media, thought this team was who we thought they were, right? But I have remained optimistic from day one. I've called 11 and 6. Ha ha, poo poo on me. I'm happy to be wrong. If I can predict 11 and 6 every year and they're 11 and 6 finally, at least I can say I was right. Dan thought we had a better projection for this season than we do now. But there are still a lot of positive to build up on this season because. Uh, we're still developing players. We still are working towards a high draft pick in the same time. We're still de developing the offense. We lost some players on defense. The defense has been suffering. But I, mean, I think we should remain positive. Dan, I hope you're not ready to jump off the proverbial cliff yet. Cliff, right? 
I don't, I don't know if I can be as optimistic as you are at this juncture, but first off, allow me to, to send my best wishes to Aldo and, and his wife. I don't know if they want me to say on air what's going on. So I won't suffice to say, uh, if I prayed that I would pray for them, but moving on, I, um, I I'm upset, man. Like they've lost all these games. Most of them were winnable, including yesterday. But as I told you before we came on air, trying to be positive when you got your quarterback on the sidelines, getting massages because his hamstring is bothering him and his quad is sore and his calves are sore. And you just had a drive. You went straight down the field scoring with him throwing the ball predominantly. And now you're down three with the drive and let's go under two minutes. And the first thing you do is run your injured quarterback to the left and he injures his shoulder. It's dislocated reportedly. And you run him again on second down. It's just like, what are you doing? The guys, the guy can't stand right now. All, your only hope is to throw the ball. And I don't want to buy into this tanking shit. I mean, there's no way they weren't trying to win yesterday. But if we're going to be, if I'm going to get all my negativity out now, I said last week, it's always a revenge game. And when did the game turn? When former Chicago Bear Cordero Patterson returned to kickoff for a touchdown. It seemed that all the momentum went the other way at that time. Between that and the barely missed field goal from Santos. Mm-hmm. But you were at the game, at least watching it on TV, that was my perception. I don't know how it felt in the building. That was the moment that the game was taken over by the Falcons. You felt it in the stadium. You're like, oh my God. Here, I said it to everyone at the game. This is that revenge moment right now for Patterson that we always seem to get against the Bears. And I, mm-hmm. and I, will, I will get my negativity out with you right now. Because there is some negativity to be had. And I, I didn't realize that his shoulder was dislocated. Is, is, is it his sh- uh, throwing shoulder? Or no, his it's his left shoulder head? per oh, NBC Sports Chicago. And uh, there's no, he's supposedly listed as day-to-day. However, uh, from the same article, uh, it indicated that Eberflus did not rule out shutting him down for the season either, but didn't say they were going that way. Uh, either so it, it's just who knows no. but i blame this one on luke getsy you got to know when your players are hurt and he just couldn't run didn't have anything left mm-hmm. and and you're still calling that same play especially when like i said he showed promise throwing the ball even the yeah. one he missed deep to mooney it seemed like mooney wasn't running i mean it's like two or three times this year they've thrown the ball deep to mooney and it just felt like he was jogging it's like, why not put Claypool out there then? You traded a second-round pick for him. He can run a fucking go route. You know, I have some uh, some, some uh, plays that I chose to show that we can get into, into it in like a little bit that kind of has to do, they were back-to-back sacks that kind of go along to what you were saying about your confidence in Getsy. So we'll, we'll, I'll bring that up later when we have everybody else on the show. So Sure. Um, you know, I, I know there's there's there are some things to be negative about. You know, I I'm trying to remain as positive as I can possibly be because, well, this is a podcast I'm trying to run, and I don't want to be a negative Nancy all the time and you know shit on everything. But I know there are some things to shit on, and it's uh, you know we can kind of talk about those in a little bit. Um, I do have a guest that we he's my very first guest on the Bears Country podcast. He came on and uh, he just put his balls on the table and said, yeah, I'll do this with you, buddy. 
And so he was at the game with me. He came in from like the Savannah area. We both grew up, went to high school together. And then he lives in the Savannah area. He came up by me and uh, joined us for the game yesterday. So I want to bring him on so we can kind of talk with him and get his you know, perspective from the game like I had it. And we can kind of talk with you about that too, Dan. So let's bring on Brian. Brian, what's up, buddy? Hey, it's a it's a great pleasure to be here. I'm really, really excited about this. I, being at the game, there's so much to talk about. I mean, from the opening kickoff to the last drive, I don't even know where to begin, where to start. Um, the yeah. defense at the beginning, the opening drive that um, you know, the Falcons you know, ran on them. Uh, mm -hmm. What was interesting is that, you know, when the Bears kicked off, I was like, all right, good. You know, they deferred or whatever. They get the ball in the second half. I, I'm excited. And then the Falcons just ran the ball and just shoved it right down our throat for a score. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. You know, it's 7 nothing. And then we came back and then shoved it down their throat. So, like, all right, now this is this is a slugfest right now. It went back and forth. I think the Bears had the momentum most of the game. It's just that the Falcons just found ways to make plays to finish. I think the biggest, the best word, right now with the bears and I'm going to leave it at this and let everybody else interject and come in is the word finish. We're just not finishing games. We're not having players to finish the coaching staff. I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't like blaming coaches. Nobody's finishing. So we're losing by three points, one point, eight points, the two blowout games. That's it. So the a word bunch of I think, special teams gaffes. Yeah, it's it's that's the, I think the key word one word finish. Let's go. Mm -hmm. so. What four games by special teams that we lost? Uh, a missed a mix a missed uh, PAT, a blocked punt, and two fumbled punt returns. And a kick return yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Right. And a, right. Thank you. So. I mean, if, if you take that element out of the, you know, the problem that we have and, and you just make that neutral, this team did have a chance this season. They really did. But the reason why my background is dark tonight is because I'm kind of in a somber mood. I'm celebrating the or I shouldn't say celebrating. I'm like, uh, this is the death of the season for me. So I'm like, the background is kind of just darkened and kind of somber that's how i feel today you know being at the game i thought we were going to win this game guys there was not a doubt in my mind we were going to win this game yeah. we flooded that field with bears fans it was easily 70 percent bears fans and we lost that game just out of nowhere and it's just kind of been what we've been seeing all season long to you know, to get my negativity out of the way, Dan. Hmm. That you know, you you have these moments where you you get to the goal line three times in one fucking game and you can't score. Another time in the the Packers game, the Giants game, just you know, it, the, that was the fumble by Vilas Jones, and the Commanders game, the fumble by Vilas Jones. It's it's, but it, 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 at least the positivity that you can take out of it is that you realize that that's just a couple of rookie mistakes and a couple of other bad calls or bad plays or non-calls 
that would have gone our way had we been a better team, quote unquote. So in the future, you can look forward to probably having those calls go your way. When they're going to give them to a Dolphins team like that for no reason, seemingly, <laughs> after the, that last call, you know, the, the PI that wasn't called in the Dolphins game, I'll never forget about that. That's just, that'll stick with me forever. But at least there's something to build on with the draft pick that we're going to get. And I really, that's all you can start to hope for when you're in a season like this. So, well, if you don't mind me interjecting, please there's do. still six games to go. And one of two things are going to happen, in my opinion. It's going to be like 1989, you started the year 4 0, and you finished 6 and 10. And don't forget, we started this season 2 and 1. And we lost, it seemed like the last six games or so of 89. So I'm, that could easily be this season where we lose like the last seven or eight games or, or what have you. Or the flip side is Fields is hurt. Trevor Simeon comes in and wins a couple of games. And it's just like 2013 when everyone's like, oh, oh, McCown, McCown, fuck Cutler. We got Josh McCown. Right. So it, as much as I want the Bears to win, and I'm going to be rooting for the Bears, even if 15's playing. If Simeon wins, they're going to be people saying, see, it's Fields' fault. That's right. the reason they haven't been winning. And just, just hearing that in my head makes me sick. Just people trying to say that, that the losing has been Fields' fault. When the kid has been giving us literally his entire body. Everything. And like we, we were worried about them, started a narrative about he's a running quarterback, and here we are. Yeah. Like I said, Ed Obranovich yesterday said that he should be a slot-wide receiver. Right. That's the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, no. I know. That's just that's the narrative. People are saying the bottom line is that this he can't make is, his second read. He's he's only a runner. Just this crap, you know. The bottom line is that this kid is giving everything that he has for us, just like Walter Payton did in the mid seventies. He was the entire team at that point, and yeah. even though he was a running back, he was. He might as well have been the quarterback and the wide receiver and the punter and the kicker and everything else. And that's I mean, what this kid is to this team. I'd like to get Cliff in on this because I think he's got some things to say um, about. You're damn right. We should. I'm sorry, Cliff. We've been ranting on. Wait, hold on a second. Let's just, let's just bring in Cliff here. I'm sorry. We just left you off in the background. I'm, hey, I'm, guys. What's up, buddy? No worries. I'm, I'm just looking at my notes. Like, what are you I redid like? all the notes while I was waiting. So what you what you have is completely wrong now. No, God, okay. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, by the I way, mean, before we get going, although my uh, prayers and best wishes to your family in this tough time. Sorry to hear. Although mine as well too. I, I mine as well. Uh, so Cliff, like you've been sitting in the background. What do you think about what's what are your thoughts on this game? Should we just get right into the cliff notes? Sure, we can go through the cliff notes. I, you know, I'll give you a little bit right off the start. Bears were in this game the entire game, 27-24 at the end of the game. So this was not a blowout. You know, As usual, the Bears are still right there. They've got the uh, cheapest salary in the league. Justin Fields was having issues. You know, all right, let's do some positive things. The positive thing about Justin Fields' leg cramps is that he was getting massages on the sideline instead of in hotel room. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
<laughs> so, and we can confirm yeah, so, he didn't ask anyone to touch his asshole. <laughs> right. There you like go. Like Deshaun there Watson. You go. <laughs> well, Deshaun's coming back a couple more weeks. <laughs> so, all right, let's, let's, here, let's start the cliff notes. You know, you guys have covered part of what we're going to go over, but, you know, this will sort of give us a uh, structure to go through the game and, you know, we can all give our thoughts on what, what happened as we went along. All right, now, Justin's status and update. Okay, thanks for the update on the dislocated shoulder, and that makes sense to me. I was thinking separated shoulder, dislocation, something like that. Uh, he's not going to be playing. I watched his press conference right after the game. He was sitting like this with his uh, left, or wait, like this, with his left shoulder down. You know, that's so much pain that he can't even lift yeah. his shoulder up. So <laughs> I have the feeling that at the earliest he's going to return is going to be after the week 14 bye. And that's second. if he does come back this season. J-Rock, you're right. Uh, I'm sorry. I completely fucked this up. Yeah, it does say Bears versus Lions. <laughs> I didn't write that. J-Rock, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I had uh, Atlanta in there. I had I had all my friends and family. They came in this weekend, and they're all visiting this week, and okay. I made the cliff notes, and sorry, it was just a template. I fucked that up. <laughs> good, good observation. Thank you. Yeah, Jordy, you got to forget about that game. It's over. Yeah. So, all right. All right. So talking about that game. Now Eberflus today, uh, reporters were asking about Trevor Simeon, and everything Flus said, reading between the lines, indicates to me that Trevor Simeon is going to be starting this week. Uh, now, also, I heard the Bears may be signing somebody on their staff. Because Justin Fields had four quarters of leg cramps, so I heard they were going out to try to get the water boy. <laughs> you know, he, he, I think Justin real. needs that special water. <laughs> so, Ed, do you guys uh, disagree at all that we are going to see Justin anytime before Week 15? Well, if he's got a um, displayed shoulder, shoulder, I would not play him. No. I mean, for one, it hurts. Secondly, he ran the ball 18 times. I mean, at least what? Out of whatever percentage of, what, 50 plays, 18 of them are run, designed, more or RPO. I mean, even with the RPO, you're going to run it at least seven, eight, ten times probably. So I wouldn't play him if he's that hurt because, you know, we don't want any the further damage. Lost. The season's gone now. And, yeah, now we did talk about, like, you want development. We want this guy to develop. But we don't want him to develop hurt. So if he needs to shut it down or he needs to sit down for two, three weeks, I say, you know, go for it. Simeon, I mean, he's solid. He's not a bad guy. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a very bland, um, vanilla offense probably. But – you know, we'll just see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the kid has just been running the ball all season long, and it's about time it took its turn on him, right? I mean, we were all worried about this, and it was in the late period of the game when it didn't matter. Well, it did matter. The whole yeah, game it was did matter. <laughs> it did matter, but 
they they didn't need to run them that much at the end of the game like that. To what you said, Dan, you were texting me yesterday about like why are they running them right now? Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, the last the last two were the first two plays of that last drive before the pick were both running plays. It's just like why he he can't stand. I mean, he's tired, he's cramped up. Like you got to have situational awareness if you're Luke Getzey. You got to know your fucking players, man. Right. It, you know, if that's David Montgomery, you're bringing in uh, 25 right. in this place. You're not going to have him out there like that. So don't run fields in that situation. Right. Like call some pass plays, especially when he was passing the ball fairly well on their last scoring drive. Right. You know, I mean, he can do it. That's when you get, hey, number 10, we, we give a second round pick for you. Let's go earn some money, pal. I, I will interject real quick. I mean, for um, Dan's buddy, Ian, I'll give him a shout out. He was like, when he saw Fields run, he's like, well, why don't you just give it to Montgomery? I mean, if you're going to run the ball, just give it to him. Why let the quarterback do the, you know, do the dirty work, do the job? So I was like, that, that's actually probably a pretty smart, you know, assessment of the whole, you know, scheme with Fields. Now, granted, Fields could run fantastically, but 18 times, it, it, that's that's a little too much for your more than running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's cool, man. What was Montgomery? Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Go good. Play. Good points, guys. And uh, as I'm saying, I really don't think we're going to see Justin until at least week 15. So let's hope he's not seriously injured. If he is seriously injured, he may be out the rest of the year. Now right. that brings us to point to point two, which is a polarizing topic: tanking. As you guys were mentioning earlier. What advantage is there to winning these games right now, other than giving the players confidence? You know, we all right. Houston's one and eight. They're going to get the first pick. They're going to keep losing. Carolina's three and eight. The Bears are three and eight. After that, there are six teams that are three and seven that have already had their buys. So they all have a easier strength to schedule than the Bears. So at Whichever ones of those teams that lose, they will jump ahead of the Bears. Right now, the Bears are currently at three, but you've got six teams that could pass them by losing their next game. So the Bears are somewhere between three and nine. They're a top 10 pick right now. Uh, Pick number two is maybe possible if they lose and everything else goes right, but it's not going to happen. So I would think Bears are probably looking somewhere between five and eight, five and nine, something like that for their draft pick. And that's if they don't come in and win a couple of meaningless games. Now, do you guys want to see them not actively tank, but do you want to see them lose now going for the better draft pick, or do you still want them to keep trying to win every game? Um, let me interject because I we were talking about this. The college draft this year, I'm not sure – who stands out? The only one is the guy from Alabama, Anderson, linebacker. I wouldn't mind getting him. He's tough. He, the guy's fast. He's a great linebacker. Would really help our defense. Offensively, wide receiver. Not I mean, nothing's popping. To be honest with you, maybe I'm not. You know, you know, informed enough. Maybe there's you know somebody else will step up and say, no, there's this guy, this guy, that guy. Um, when I watch college game day, I do like college football. I love, I love Illinois. Love, I, I wish they would, you know, step it up a little bit more. But anyways, um, they, they talk about the defensive line, like out West, Oregon, Washington. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I get it. But nothing pops to say, why tank? 
when you tank, you want a quarterback. And there, there ain't no quarterback anyway. So there's no, I don't think there's any reason for the tank. Plus, Dan, he brought up a great point. Shortino, that is. Um, you know, second round, you could find you can find some quality guys there. So I don't think there's any reason to even bother tanking. Keep keep playing, develop. You gotta develop the line, develop the defense. I mean, let's just try to win, learn how to win games, learn how to finish, and you know, move on to next year. That's my take. I don't know. Somebody else may have a better assessment. I agree, Dan. Do you honestly have faith that the Bears will get the, the draft pick right? I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, negative, but I mean, you know, we had the fifth pick in the draft. The Chicago Bears have selected running back Cedric Benson, Texas. You know, it's just like, okay, uh, we've, we fucked this up before. How about the second pick in the draft? The Chicago Bears have selected quarterback North Carolina Mitchell Trubisky. How many times have we had these good picks and nothing came out of it, you know? The yeah. Chicago Bears have drafted quarterback UCLA, Cade McNown. Cade first McNown. round. Cade the <laughs> oh, God, oh, my God. How hurts. many times? The Chicago Bears have selected tackle Stan Thomas. Oh, yeah. Stan, Stan Thomas, Thomas is the best tackle I've ever seen. Oh, my God. This guy's an encyclopedia. That's, that's You see what I'm saying? I mean, do we have a lot of faith that this is going to work? Like, if we tank to get such a good pick, and it's just like, for every time we, we've been in this situation, it's just the Chicago Bears uh, selecting fifth have drafted running back Penn State, Curtis, Curtis Enos. Enos. Curtis Enos. Yeah. By the way, folks, Randy Moss is sitting in the green room. Curtis Enos. So, I mean, just saying, you know, I mean, this shit, this shit, I, I have no faith. So why wouldn't you come out and try to win? Uh, and it's, yeah. if I'm Trevor Simeon, I'm not coming in there to, to tank. Like, like it's my chance to get paid potentially if I play well, if I'm Trevor Simeon. And I yeah. thought he did okay in Denver. I, I don't know what he's done in his other stops, but I did see him quite frequently uh, with the Broncos. And I thought he was a decent quarterback. I'm not saying he's John Elway or even, Jay Cutler, but I think like he's a good backup and it's his turn to play now because just like Cliff said, if dislocated shoulder, ooh, that sounds like definitely not playing this week, probably not the Packers. Then there's a bye. Maybe he comes back then, but probably if, if you keep losing, why bring him back at all? Mm-hmm. So well, I don't know. I, it's I like if you're losing, year. there's no guarantee you're going to get the draft right. So I, I would rather just win. And there's no guarantee that your draft pick, even if it's the fifth pick or the second pick, they're going to get a superstar out of that. None whatsoever. The Chicago Bears have drafted okay. Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd. The best Who's actually doing well on the Rams. The Rams ever had. Yeah. yeah. The Chicago Bears well, have drafted Roquan is- Smith. Yeah. Is it fair to call Roquan a bust now? Maybe not a bust, yeah. but a disappointment? Listen, if anyone watched Roquan uh, mental attitude-wise, if you watched Roquan Smith progress through his career, you notice that he just got a little bit pudgier and a little bit slower every year. And it after, right? And it came into this year. He held out again, and he came in a little bit pudgier and a little bit slower. And yeah, he was having a good season. But what has he done for the Ravens? Statistically, Jack Sanborn has done better for the Bears than he has in the last, you know, games yeah. since we've traded him. So that's a different subject. I've got one more for you. Go the ahead. Chicago Bears have selected 
Michael Haynes with the first round pick in 2003. Michael Haynes. Michael Haynes. That was a good one. God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now one good, good point there, huh? is the Bears don't take a quarterback because they're the, the, the Bears are terrible at taking quarterbacks. So at least they don't have to take one. And I will say there are a couple of D linemen, you know, that'll go in the top 10 that I would not mind having the Bears pick up. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I, I don't expect the Bears to win every game. I probably don't expect them to lose every game. So we'll see where they end up. Uh, now, a little bit on Trevor Simeon. I, I think he's going to be quarterback for the, the near future, at least. Uh, he's got a passer rating at basically in the 80s throughout his career. You know, not the worst, but definitely not best. His nickname is Check Down Trevor. <laughs> so that's. That doesn't say good things for that fits uh, right in with Luke Getzey. Yeah, there you go. Luke Getzey, we're going to take one shot a, a game. Period. That's it. Maybe they'll get along well together. Uh, now he was drafted in the seventh round in in 2015, and the Bears are his fourth team. So we all know what he is. He's a journeyman quarterback. Uh, do you guys have any hope that he's going to? show any reason to not bring fields back as soon as we can. I do because like this offense fits his strengths. And I got, like I said, I thought he played fairly well in Denver and you know, I mean, he did okay in the preseason as well, by the way, I know the preseason is the preseason, but I think he'll play well. And then I'm afraid of the narrative. Then it's going to be like, Oh, well it's fields is that You know, they've been losing. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm worried about, too. Josh McCown, yeah. point 2.0. Mm-hmm. Or then we don't a, need oh, a quarterback. He's a running first. quarterback. Right. All right. So I was curious right. about Valus, too. Number five, Valus. Okay, here, uh, real quick with Marcus Mariota. This is where the game gets going. The Falcons have their first drive. Uh, they march down the field. They score. Now, penalties against the Bears are starting early. The defense yeah. is playing sort of lackadaisical. Uh, seven to nothing Bears. Okay, on to Valus. All right. Now, did you guys look at that uh, kick return closely? He he bobbled that ball. You know, it, mm-hmm. it bounced like uh, several inches up, and then he got control of it. So mm-hmm. I saw another fumble coming right there, but then he made up for it with that uh, return. So do you right. see, Shorty, you see any kind of way that we can have Valus do the running on kick returns without having to catch the ball? Um, no. I, what I see that they should be doing with Valus Jones is just my own personal opinion is get him the ball quick on confidence plays where you can catch the ball in stride and then get some yak. And if you can get that kid some yak on like a, a slant or a mesh route or, you know, a seam route where they're crossing and just hit him in stride, he's running top speed, get him out there, get him some yak. That's where I see him. We're going to build confidence with this player. I don't see them utilizing him correctly. And they put him on that, that awesome deep bomb that he dropped. He just alligator armed it. And now they, they're not playing him on the offense. And I think you need to build this confidence by giving him some quick plays where he can just get the ball and go. And that's not fucking screens and, you know, reverses. I'm talking about get him the ball in space and let him run. 
Can I throw a weird side note with that? Because they like to run field so much, are they just looking for blocking wide receivers? So maybe some of these guys like Claypool and Jones are not out there because they're not blockers, they're pass catchers. I just thought of it for a second. I don't know. I could be wrong. No, I could see that with Valus. You know, he's no good at blocking. But Claypool actually was doing a lot of blocking on uh, uh, Pittsburgh. So, you know, he's a bigger guy, and they were using him for blocking. But But he did – in this game, he missed a block, though. When Justin was running, he missed – he had a chance to block, and he missed it. Okay. Well, Claypool has not really been – we have not seen, what, number 10 out there much. So I'm more I'm the kinda, first game than the last two, I think. I'm I'm kind of confused. I'm just confused on what, you know, what whatever what system they're trying to put in place with this with this offense with this you know very dynamic quarterback they have. I don't. Can I, I interject know. on that, please? Yes. I I get it. If you're if you traded for a quarterback, let's just say hypothetically the Bears were in it. Fields got hurt, and they they traded for somebody to pick up you know, the rest of the season fighting for a playoff berth. If you're bringing in a new quarterback who's got to call the audibles and has to know where everybody is, I get it. That's complicated. That's a new offense. For Chase Claypool, how difficult is it for him to come in and play football? You know, you're a wide receiver. You don't have to know where everybody else is at any given moment. You just have to run your own routes precisely and catch the ball or maybe block. I think that this is just showing the weakness of the Bears coaching staff. I mean, this this isn't on Claypool. Like I'm sure Chase is telling him, bro, I got it. I got it. Just put me on the field. I I, I can right. do it. I can right. do it. Okay. This is on the Bears coaching staff. Right? Just they get a new toy and they don't know how to fucking use it. It's just like, oh well, I I, I hadn't bought a new PlayStation since like two, and now right. I've got a five. I don't know what to fucking do. So I'm just not even gonna turn it on. Right. I 100 percent agree with that. Hey Casey, we'll get to your comment when we get to number yeah. twelve. We'll get to your comment, Casey. All right, yeah. just something real quick here. Why does Justin keep hitting defender helmets with the ball? He seems to do that a lot. You know, and in this case, the ball's deflected straight up. You know, when, when you guys in the crowd, you know, how high was that ball? It was probably higher than you guys were sitting Uh-oh. for sure. Oh, and we then were I got, shitting I got our to, pants. I got, to, <laughs> I got to say that Mustafer was the guy that came in there and knocked the ball away. So kudos to Mustafer on that one. That His mom calls. can be happy that Fields is hurt. If you saw that yeah. controversy on Twitter last week, exactly. Yeah. No, that ball got swatted so high it was like, was that swatted? Yes. We're, we're trying to see. It's like off the helmet, off the helmet. It took so long to come back down to the field. It, it reminded was- me of the play in '01 when Brian Robinson batted Tim Couch's ball up in the air, and Mike Brown intercepted it for the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that one. Because, like you said, it was bad in the air and it was so high up in, in the air. But it, it also reminded me of a, to come down. the Redskins Dolphins Super Bowl where Theismann came in and batted the ball down that saved a touchdown when the ball was batted up in the air. And it appeared that the Dolphins were going to get a pick six out of it. Like uh, I think Cliff said, that was Mustafa who came and knocked the ball down. Yeah. Right, right. That was one of the now, good things he did yesterday. One of a few. Uh, the, the Bears actually moved the ball down the field. And uh, I don't know how closely you guys saw that first touchdown play that Mooney caught, but that was a great pick play by uh, EQ. I mean, he blocked two guys, basically, without looking like he was blocking anybody. Left Mooney wide open. 
in the end zone. Mm-hmm. So uh, seven to seven. That was right in our corner. I, I was about to start filming it, and then I was like, ah, that's not going to be a touchdown. Ah, oh, fuck, it was a touchdown. <laughs> it was so close to when, it. it when awesome. you think you're not going to – when you think nothing's going to happen, that's when you should push record. I know. It, it happened again. But I got two more touchdowns last night, though, so. Now, it's funny you call it a pick play because I, I said the same thing. When I saw the highlight of it, I went, oh, he did pick that because it was yeah. like – it was like like a, like a wheel route, and then when he stalled and like totally held up that corner, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of surprised nobody threw a flag on that a little bit. But I guess it was so close to the line of scrimmage, it was a perfectly you know. By the way, play. Brian is a defensive coordinator for Effingham uh, Middle School, so uh, oh, I, I coach defensive stuff, but that doesn't mean anything. I look at the, I look at it and just. It, just look at like how I would play against it, but I don't know. When I saw that that little stall, I went, ah, that's it was good. It was a great play and a great catch. It was, yeah. Brian, you can sit Uh-oh. back a little bit. You're actually um yeah, oh, I'm good. sorry. I know no, the no, we can, he's involved we, in the conversation. We, we yeah. can hear you just fine actually from okay. there. All right, yeah. my bad. So uh, oh hey Dan, yeah, do you have a comment or should I continue? Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Okay. All right. Sorry, uh, see, there's two Dan's. That's why I'm shorty. Yes. Yes. All right. Now, continuing on to the next Bears possession, Mooney's wide open again. And, and okay, now you guys mentioned he might be running a little bit slow, but come on, Justin. I mean, hit him with that ball. You know, I that the Bears, I thought the Bears should have scored a touchdown on that play. They should have been up 14 to 7, but, you know, the ball was overthrown and maybe Mooney wasn't at full speed. Did anybody see the defender reach? Like, I thought I saw somebody, the defender reach and slow him down just a hair. Did anybody see that? Because I thought I saw that. I thought I saw that re-watching the play, too. But it's hard to see because, I mean, from our perspective, it looked like it. But re-watching the replay on the TV, you know, it's the all 22 or whatever. It's hard to see whether or not he was actually interfering with them but it did it he did appear to be slowed down for sure in his route i thought he was running half speed and fields overthrew him it was both both players uh failed in that sequence okay yeah either way the ball was definitely overthrown it was definitely overthrown even from our vantage point it was yep so anyways i thought the bears should have taken the lead right there all right, now uh, the Bears end up punting, and uh, it's a fumble. And now the refs call the guy down, and there's, they say it's no fumble. Once again, these refs are all over on calling penalties against the Bears, but uh, not helping them. Exactly. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's uh, just, you know, being a homer, but it sure seems that we're seeing a lot of that game to game. So. Flus challenges. Good, good job, Eberflus. He challenges Bears ball. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, now the Bears have the ball. Now uh, let's go see him score. Right? Nope. A penalty and uh, a sack stop the drive. It should be twenty-one to seven at this point. If the Bears were a good team and they were taking advantage of mistakes on the other side. Yep. A hundred fucking percent. You're right. 
Another woulda, shoulda, coulda been. Go ahead, Cliff. So let's let's talk about something good though. You guys, did you see the uh, Comet one-handed catch? What'd you guys think of that? Oh, God, we went nuts. We thought it was great. I, it might go up top five of the year. And thank God he didn't get his knee blowed out on that tackle. It was so close to have his, like a knee blowout there. Very exciting, though. Yeah, to make that catch uh, and being elevated and to get hit by two people and to still hold on to the ball and yeah. not a bobble or something that the league could have said, oh, he didn't have full control, like just dynamic. Uh, again, I called the kid a bust last season, and I eat my fucking words. Gratefully. Thank God. I hope I'm glad you're eating your words. I know yeah. you are too. Me too. Yeah. I see a so Bears the... tight end playing like that. Right. You know, for, for exactly. that play at least. For that play at least. He Kelsey had nothing on him on that play. That was that was wonderful. No, for sure, dude. hundred percent. The last time we had a tight end that could play like that, we like, let's just I trade think... him. I mean, why wh why do we need him? Why do we need Greg Olson? I don't know. Oh no. no. Judy yeah, fumbles yeah. a lot. I think that's what Mike Marks would say. <laughs> he can't block. Do you think they should utilize him a little more in the sense of, like, not only with his hand on the ground, but yeah. flex him out a little bit as, a like, a slot kind of guy? At the very least on the goal line. You could split yeah. him out and run a fade route and get him on a linebacker. I mean, come on, man. Okay. Like, we used to do that with Olsen all the time. How many times did the Lions do that to us back in the day? Granted, it was with wide receivers, but with Herman Moore and like yeah. Brett Perryman, they'd get those big 6'4", 6'5", wide receivers and run that fade route, and it was almost unstoppable. And right. we could do that with Komet, but, you know, just why would we, you know? I feel like we, we need a little bit of uh, better play calling. I, I, you know, yeah. Getsy is uh, making some steps. mistakes, some rookie mistakes. Yep. Right. So anyways, the Bears get a field goal 10-7. to 7. So even though it should be uh, – 24 to 7 right now. At least they're they've got the lead. So all right. Now uh Corderell Patterson Patterson in his revenge game, he comes back and he fumbles. You know, Jalen Johnson with the recovery. Mm-hmm. No, so, like, okay. Here's here's another opportunity. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna shit. They're winning. They should be up by a lot, and they've got another opportunity now. Now, in this case, Bears move the ball downfield. And it, did you notice they use that exact same Justin Fields run to the left that scored touchdowns twice now, I believe, and this is the third time? Mm -hmm. So what do you think, Brian? Did you see that play? Yeah. Um, I, first of all, I have to say that the whole – we were talking, you know, you know, as fans, like the turnovers have got to be – you know, we got to have the turnover advantage – Boom! It happened. We're like, okay, oh, this is looking good, you know. And Fields, oh my gosh, when he, you know, when he scored, I mean, that play when he scored his touchdown was spot. On. I mean, it was wide. It was wide open. I mean that that gap that they they sealed to what the, I think to the right, and he ran yeah. what B gap I guess or whatever the four the four hole. I was like, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to pull the video when I actually have my – this is when I decided – I'm like, I'm going to record this because this is going to be a touchdown. This is the play. Let me uh, – and let me turn the volume down. There we go. Okay. So I'm like, okay, this, these are our seats. I'm like, this is going to be a touchdown. And I got it. 
Look at that. That's the I one. The, yep. I guess it's a six hole. My bad. We were yeah. right there. It's awesome. But go ahead, Brian. No, I, I thought it was it was well designed. It was very well designed. Perfectly ran. Um, I think the Falcons probably were either thinking it was going to be a handoff or probably something, maybe a crossing. And Fields just, he took full advantage of it and cut it up, put his foot in the dirt and, you mm-hmm. know, scored a touchdown. And, and to be honest with you, at that point, like, it was kind of easy. Like, looking at that, I'm like, oh, I think we got this game now. Things are starting to gel. We're looking really good. We're in sync a little bit. The, the turnover advantage is, is in our favor. Let's go. I never uh, thought we were going to lose this game. Yeah, th- at that point, that point, that that run right there, I was, like, fully confident. I'm going Which, to the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, oh, exactly. I'll stop and get another hot dog. And I'm getting a I'll drink. Watch the game on the TV. <laughs> we got this. Like, yeah. yeah, what's going on over here? Holy shit. Uh, yeah, Cordell Patterson. Oh. Fuck. No. And that's and that's the next number. Uh, all right, so they're up seventeen to seven. It should have been, in my opinion, thirty-one to seven. Right there, the game should right. have been over, and, and Bears should have yeah. just been cruising. But now we get uh, number twelve, Corderell revenge. Yeah, it, it's okay. It's his. He gets revenge on uh, the Bears canning him, and he gets revenge on his fumble, and he runs the kickoff back for a TD. You know, and that's yep. he sets the record against the Bears, by the way, with his ninth kickoff uh, return. Yeah. His what? Ninth. That's his ninth. He set the record for. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah he ninth, did. I believe. Wait, he mm-hmm. passed Devin Hester. No, Devin Hester's yeah. oh, are combined yeah. with yeah. punt returns. Devin Hester has the most returns, but it's combining kickoff and punt returns. Um, Patterson's are singularly kickoff returns. He doesn't return punts. Correct. And who, Correct. Did, who did he pass? Was it uh, Dion? I don't know. No, I, for, I forget who it was right now. Mitchell they they mentioned the it, but I forget. Could have been Brian Maybe. Mitchell, the Redskins, yeah. slash Eagles. Could have been Dion. Could have been Devin. I, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Wow. No, it could have been Eric yeah, Metcalf. Maybe, maybe Chad Shit. Jeez. Or Dennis Gentry. Dennis Gentry was explosive. He was. Yep. Go ahead, Cliff. All right. We're coming down to the end of the half, and uh, the Bears attempt a 56 yard field goal, and the ball goes 55 and a half yards and hits the Mm -hmm. crossbar. Let me interject on that one. I was watching him warm up, and. Koo was drilling 58 yarders. Santos, he went 58. He missed it probably by two or three yards. So I guess that explains the 56 yard field goal. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. that's, my, that's my best explanation for it. <laughs> that's he, a good point. I didn't see him kick them in, pre, in pregame. Hey, I was at a game last season that Nagy tried in Pittsburgh to get Santos to hit a 64 yarder. <laughs> on Monday night, of course he missed. Yes, of course he did. And then well, I, I that fucked up his streak forever. I believe that uh, he his long is a fifty-five, so this would have been his longest kick. And that makes sense in warmups. Yeah. All right. What's up? All right. What's so, up next so that's book? half. So that's halftime. Do we have a commercial? Oh, you, yes, we probably do have a commercial. We probably should bring a little quick commercial on here right after this. 
Aldo here, and on the next Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls show, I'm going to talk to Dan about the rebuild. Let's try to put a grade to it. Let's examine it. Let's talk about, you know, where we're at at certain positional levels. And as a feeding point, we're going to use a segment from the School of Sports Radio's Bernstein and Home show with Dan Wiederer as their guest. I'm going to use their uh, segment on this topic as a feeding point. And of course, Johnny Santucci will join us for the last hour and he'll share some of his handicapping wisdom. We're live at 8 p.m. Central on Tuesday, and you can catch us on demand Wednesday morning, wherever you get your podcast. Listen, I'm 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 uh, producing this show tonight. Kitty is hanging out with Brian's wife over in our kitchen. So uh, Aldo didn't send me a new commercial, so I apologize. That was an old one. I was going to say, <laughs> I think we did that last week. Exactly. Hey, it's not on me. It's like I, Aldo's supposed to be sending me commercials. <laughs> uh, he's going through some adversity right now, though. No, I know. I, I, I apologize. Hey, it's yeah. that's Bears Country podcast. That's what yeah. we do. We we play the wrong <laughs> okay. commercials all the time. That's what we do. Here, I'll I'll make you feel better. I forgot to add that the Falcons uh, kicked a I think it was fifty three yard field goal to tie the game at the half. So now it's halftime. Do you have a commercial now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. No commercials. Okay, get into getting into the third quarter, which is actually a pretty quiet and boring third quarter compared to the rest of the game. Uh, my my one comment here: Monty is better than Ebner. Now, have you guys lost faith in Ebner yet? He doesn't seem to really have it. I agree. Uh, yes. Dan, do you have the play where he bounced off his own offensive lineman? Uh, Brian, you don't have to talk into the mic. Just I, sit where I, you're at. Apologize. You're good. We can hear you better that way. Oh, thank just, you. Brian, sit back, sit back and just expose your Bears Country podcast to All you. Right. There you go. All right. I'm sorry. We can hear you from there. No, uh, we were, I was going over the plays, and the, the one screen – do you remember the one where uh, Justin threw, like, a screen pass to him, but it hit the dirt for him? But it was behind the line of scrimmage, so – Luckily, Ebner was right. That was like was the, the best play he's right. That was like the best play he's made as a running back the entire season. He acknowledged that or recognized that that ball bounced off the ground past the line of scrimmage and he picked it up and started to try to run with it. And it was a that was like the best play of the game for him. I'm losing faith in my confidence in Tress and Ebner, quite frankly, Cliff, because. He was touted as a four a four nine forty running back. I don't see that. He gets the ball in his hands. He's not, you know, taken off like Tyreek Hill or something. He he's not that fast. He might have top end speed, but he's not like quick out of the gates. And for him to come in and even like try to replace uh, Herbert is not sufficient. I'm I'm I personally am losing confidence in him. What do you guys think, Dan? I concur. He appears to be slow, and the guy that they signed off the practice squad this week that they'd signed from the Titans in the offseason deserves more carries, if not all of Ebner's carries next week. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I couldn't believe they didn't bring Darrington Evans up from the practice squad after Herbert went down. And Right, or, see- or try Vin- Try Valus there. Try something at least. Right. Anything, but Ebner seems like he's a no-go. 
Right. I, I agree with you. And and he runs east west. He's doing way too much of that. Mm-hmm. So okay. Uh Falcons get the ball back and penalties give uh Mariota the touchdown. All right. That rougher roughing the passer penalty saved that drive. Yeah. You know, the the Bears the Bears had him stopped and they get a roughing the passer. Um Mariota goes ahead and runs for the TD and they take a 24-17 lead. Uh, Shorty, were you getting a little bit concerned at, now that the Bears lost the lead? Yeah, I was pissed off. I mean, why is Mariota making us look stupid? You know, whatever it counted, it seemed like he had a, an answer for what we were doing. And th- this game to me was like a 45-20 to 20 blowout. I mean, it, it should have been the Bears by a lot. And then we lost at the end by three. So I, I guess it just goes to show that we were who they thought we were. Yeah, yeah, but there was no pressure on him. Zero pressure on on him. Yeah, none. I mean, our D-line did not give him at all any kind of fit or any adversity. I mean, he – and if they did, they gave him a a hole for him to run through – or just like you know, space to make a play, mm-hmm. and then I mean, I mean, I, secondary. I mean, God bless them. It's hard to guard somebody when your D line has no pressure on the quarterback, and he's over there, you know, being able to have all this time to you know to you know find an open guy or make a play or make a run. And I'll be honest, with you, I I felt I felt bad for the secondary because they really had to work hard and the. the you know, D-line didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. I'd like to mention, I, I started to a moment ago and just lost my thought. On the kickoff return by Patterson, Adams had a chance to tackle him and just whiffed. And there were three terrible plays by Nicholas Morrow during the game, two horrible missed mm-hmm. tackles in open field, and he dropped an interception. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Morrow did not yes. have a good game. Just our linebackers are horrible at this point. I know everyone's on Sanborn's dick, and maybe that'll prove to be rightfully so, but, God, the, everybody that's back there just – I mean, Joe Thomas made one big play, but for the most part, the linebackers aren't doing anything. That uh, Muhammad's not doing anything at all. Uh, 99 is being a fundamental disappointment this year, and, and you could say, oh, he got all of his sacks before because Mack and Quinn were here, but I don't know if that's true. He's just – the whole front seven seems to be struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they need at least a couple guys. Mm-hmm. And well, Justin Jones, man, it's like the guy that we tried to sign from Cincinnati that went to Pittsburgh. I forgot how to pronounce his name. Uh, that we said he wasn't healthy enough to sign. Ogan Joby. Ogan Joby, man, he you can't tell me he couldn't give us more than Justin Jones is doing. Right. This this dude's been invisible the whole season. Most of it, yeah. The, the defensive line is going to be the number one priority in the offseason, for sure. It has to be. And if maybe the offensive would, would, line. Probably, the, well, probably right. the first pick. Right. One or the other. They're both going to be the, the focus of this team. They should be. Because we can go into the offseason here and, I mean, I, I would hope that we think we can develop Claypool in the next year, right? So you don't, you don't have to, like, waste a, a, a draft pick on a wide receiver that soon. So maybe you can get like a flyer wide receiver in the third round or maybe a late second with that, if there's one there. 
but it's but you can like kind of put some some eggs in the basket of the clay pool trade that you can hope to like have them ready next year to gel with a training camp, you know, with fields, right? So I think they're going to go defense and off and offensive line A or B, you pick it to start this draft. If you want to draft an edge or a three tech, that's probably going to have to be the first pick. Yeah. Probably. All right. right, What's up next? Get back to some happier stuff. All right. Get back to some happier stuff here. Number 17. Fields drops a dime to Mm -hmm. Montgomery. Fields waves up. Mm -hmm. I forget who was going short, but he waves him out and then throws it over his head to Montgomery. And it was just a beautiful pass. I don't understand how Fields can overthrow by two yards and then throw such a dime like he did in this one. Beautiful pass. Dan, what did you think of that pass? I mean, that was like one of the prettiest passes we've seen from a Bears quarterback. Once again, it made me think of an old Super Bowl, the Raiders versus the uh, the Eagles with Jim Plunkett hitting King down the sideline, going in for a touchdown like 50 or 60 yards uh, on that wheel route. It's just – it was the thing of beauty, and that's why, again, on that last drive, let's see more of that, you know, instead of running him when he can barely stand. Right. You know, so he can throw the ball. I mean, if all of his detractors say he can't make his third and fourth read, okay, well, let's do it with his first and second. Let's go. Exactly. Well said, Dan. Go ahead, Cliff. What's next? The art. Okay, moving on, number 18. Uh, did you guys see Fields' 50-yard run? He ran sideways for 50 yards. He runs <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Run, runs to the left, eludes two defenders, runs back to the right, and then hits EQ. I'm glad he caught it. And EQ is like a, and, and EQ, is like a pinball machine bouncing around yeah. players. I mean, I call that play a keystone EQ actually play. got bounced back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, EQ gets bounced back in that direction. Otherwise, he's going to be on the other side of the field. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. We were like, this guy's like practically on the other side. Hits the one dude, comes all the way back. I mean, the fact that Fields can even make that play, I mean, that just shows how talented the guy is. Now, even conversely, how frustrating from a Falcon standpoint that they couldn't make the play. Um, when I looked at it from the, you know, when. You know, Dan was breaking the plays down. I just had to kind of laugh. I mean, it looked like a middle school just cluster mess. And dudes are just running everywhere. And then all of a sudden, it's backyard football. Let's just try to get open. And, you know, we made it happen. Everyone's running around, like, left to right. Over over here. Over here. It was just chaos. Yeah. Awesome play, though. It worked out well for the Bears in the end. And that's the kind of thing we want to see from this team is, working on those scramble drills and building forward from that because they're going to happen a lot more, you know, moving forward. And where, where's Justin. Brian, uh, where's Pringle? Go ahead. Like we've seen, he, he just come back from injury. He's been back two games and has done nothing. Like, I don't know why I, I would play Nikhil Harry down the stretch. I mean, what's Pringle done at all? I know he's been injured, but he's been an invisible man too. I would play number eight at wide receiver the rest of the way and put Pringle on the healthy scratch. I 100% agree. Mm. All right, moving yep, on. Now, what are we at? 19 now? All right, all right. So, so, so Justin, uh, to finish up on that one, Justin reminded me of Deshaun Watson. 
You know, I, he's, he's got a lot of the same characteristics where he can just get elude and get out of trouble. So there's hope, hope for the future. Okay, number 19, uh, they continue that drive. Monty gets the untouched TD and 121 combined yards for the day. Yeah. I mean, Monty played, he had a lot of screen plays and caught the ball a lot too. He had a lot of receiving yards. Good game for him. It was a money and Justin Fields day for sure on offense. Combined with a little splash of Mooney. What'd you think about him, Brian? Watching the at first watching live, I was like, there's a lot of red in his vicinity. Almost like there's 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 something missing. Like they're either uh keying. Atlanta's keying it or we're giving something away. But watching the highlights, I can see where he was getting yards. So the guy's a workhorse. I like Monty. I'm a big Iowa State guy. Um, I love his style. I think he's versatile. Um, yeah. I And then his touchdown run. I mean, his touchdown run, I mean, that was, that was a good call. I think the blocking at, at that time, actually, everybody was in sync. He found the gap. He ran in and basically untouched. And you know, he he had a. It turned out he had a much better game than it Re, looked. Rewatching the game, yeah, yeah, than it did from being at the game and watching it from our seats. It's when you rewatch, you know, the film, and you're like, oh, he actually had a much better game than we thought. You know, so good he, game he for quietly, him. He quietly just has the good games. Now, Dan, I know you like Montgomery. I do. I thought that he probably should have gotten more carries, but like Brian said, it feels like as soon as he gets the ball, there's always like three guys he's got to fight off just to even get a yard, which I can understand that. But uh, he does break a lot of tackles. He he runs hard. I really wanted him to get – well, still, I mean, uh, you know, his backup, uh, Herbert's out for at least three more games, I would think. Plus, So now's your chance to make your contract. This is your chance to show you're the man. Ebner's not doing anything behind you. You can get the ball, especially with Fields hurt. This is where David Montgomery has to step up and say, I want to be here. Give me my fuck. Give me the ball. Give me a contract. Right. And it, it's all on him now. Like, I wish him well. I want him here. But it's up to him and the offensive line. 100% give agree. Him 25 carries and see what he can do. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I was reading online. Some people were speculating okay, that now, we would let him walk and sign Saquon Barkley as a free agent. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Saquon's ooh. hurt quite frequently. Yeah, let's yeah. Just say. yeah he yeah. is, but yeah. he's still a sexy idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's let's, up let's, next? Let's see what the price for the two of them will be. Okay, uh, this was uh, Koo's 53-yard field goal. And actually, I got to tell you, I smiled. This field goal made me really happy. Can you guess why? Oh, he's my focus. You got in front of fantasy, fantasy or something. Team. I have Koo uh-huh. in my fantasy team, and he won me my fantasy league. That's right. Week. That's right. Fantasy football rocks. Yeah. So, all right. So, anyways. Yeah. This... <laughs> all right. This is where the play fantasy either. Me. I just don't get it. You're outnumbered here on that clip. All right. All right, we're on 21. We're at the end. 
Uh, Justin hurts his shoulder. I rewatched this to make sure, but it was the first play of the final drive. He ran to the left. He got tackled out of bounds, and he landed hard on his left shoulder. Yeah, Justin said and then that you too. Tell, presser. You could you could tell he was in pain right when that happened. And then on the play right after that, they run him to the left again, and he barely gets touched on that shoulder. And he's he yelled. You can hear him yell in pain. So right there, I'm like, oh. He's done for a while. He's not coming back next week. Uh, that interception, I, I think, was, was partially. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was it was a bad hit. I mean, if you if you watch the replays, I mean, you can clearly see he's hurt there. And then the next play, yeah, he's really hurt. And I think he took that the, interception. I was going to say he took a cheap shot from Grady Jarrett at some point in the game too. Just a yes. filthy, dirty hit, and they didn't call it again. Yes, Chad Brisker pissed off in the the presser after the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 yeah. saw that. We Man, were all screaming. We were all yeah. screaming how they did not call that. They've been calling penalties all day long against the Bears, and that one hit on him. I'm like, that's a late hit. That that's a cheap shot, and then nobody said a word. Everybody's just looking around like, oh, no, nothing happened, but. That was the game. That's the narrative of the season. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the shitty right, white quarterback right. and, from Washington gets hit, and they, they changed the whole game throwing a flag. Yeah, that, I, that, I can't even think of the kid's name, but whatever. It's just like, Heineke, I don't want to make Heineke. it a racial issue, but it kind of starts to feel that way a little bit. Like when our quarterback gets hit over and over and over, nobody says a fuck. And then someone way less, like Tyler, Taylor Heineke, whatever his name Taylor is, Heineke, yeah. far less qualified, uh, gets all the calls. I mean, you know, it's just, it's one of those things you have to look at. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll say this about it that. It makes that me wonder. Go ahead, Cliff. Look, I was going to say, it makes me wonder if there are teams the NFL wants to win and teams the NFL wants to lose. That's all I'll say about that. All right, go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say is that because the Bears run him so much, they put him in such precarious positions that the refs, that, I mean, I don't know. I've never been a ref. I would never want to be a ref. But the way they look at things, like Taylor Haneke runs the ball. They're going to be looking for somebody to come in and just kill the guy. Fields runs the ball. They're waiting for Fields to make a dynamic play, and they're just used to it. So they, I, I don't know. I think in their defense, it's nothing against the Bears. It's nothing against him. It's just the way the style of the game is with the, the way they play the Fields. They got to adjust to that. And make. I'll tell you what, next year, Fields, and they're still doing that with him, they may adapt to more of that style, and he'll get maybe calls. Maybe. I don't know. And if he doesn't, then we maybe have have maybe an argument. But things are so up in the air with the Bears. I don't – it's hard to even say this, that. This is the reason. That's the reason. Because it, for lack of a better word, it's a clusterfuck right now across the board, special teams, offensive line, defensive line, Offensive scheme, just everything. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. We're pretty sure we have a quarterback, right? I, I think we do. If we go the rest of the season and kick it a fucking 250-yard passing game out of the kid, what's the narrative going to be when the season's over? Oh, it, he's a running quarterback. We're going to see it over and over and over again. And they're trying to run this zone offense. I mean, this this style that's a, it's a it's a high school college style. Now, granted, yes, San Francisco runs really well. Kansas City can run really well. I get it, but your offensive line has to be so so in sync. 
I mean, it's it's disgusting. What was it? One guy was it? Uh, what's his name? The sixty-five. Um, right there. Yeah, he was not like look the snap. He wasn't even moving. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's not even moving. And well, there's, a, there, there's a couple of plays here that I wanted to talk about. Actually, nothing no. to kind of do with your. Well, here, let me finish up the last comment. All right, last comment. Let me finish up the last comment on Cliff Notes. Uh, right after that, Justin throws the interception, and I think that was directly due to the pain he was feeling right at the time. I don't think his brain was fully focused on that. Oh uh, no, probably not. Probably not. It did bounce so, off the sense, though. So that that at least explains it. Like <laughs> that, that that's like a little more comforting in a sense. Sadly, because we were like, "What the fuck was this?" We were mm-hmm. so pissed, so dejected, so just sickened. But there's a reason. And a separated shoulder, I'd do the same damn thing if I was in his shoes. Yeah, I have to agree. I didn't realize his shoulder was that bad. But it, when, I when I saw the press conference directly, directly after the game and I saw the way he was leaning. All right, I've had two rotator cuff surgeries. So, I mean, I know that lean, you know, because I've had the, yeah. the, the amounts of pain that, you know, you can't, you just can't lift your arm up. It just hurts too much. And as soon as I mm-hmm. saw him do that, I'm like, oh, you know, he's seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at least at least three games. Wow, because that, that leaves like nothing left to hope for in the rest of the season, does it? We're going to have to well, come out a, here and a, a better Cliff draft notes about Trevor Simeon. <laughs> hey, I'm having to come up with good stuff about the Bears losing every single week. Dude, Cliff, That's you are easy. fucking doing an amazing job, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait until we get to when we get to next season and the Bears are winning and I could do cliff notes on the games. I can't wait for that. That's going to be awesome. It's just that the Chicago Bears have drafted left tackle Chris Williams. Chris Williams. (laughs) Vanderbilt. He's hurt already? Okay. Oh, that guy. Hey, hey, hey Dan, we're going to bring you into belief with it. Watch the offseason with us. And then we're going to get you to believe sometime next year. I hope so. <laughs> oh, Dan. It's always great talking to you after a Bears loss. <laughs> <laughs> sure doesn't feel that way on my end, but not, not, that's not personal toward you or anybody else. I just feel so no, dejected. I'm, I know, myself included. I'm not being personal towards you either. It's just, you know, it's like here we are. Just didn't think about having to deal with these dejecting losses when you're trying to make a Bears podcast. And then here you are after, you know, 10, 11 games and you have three wins and you're like, well, what the fuck am I doing right now? But if we can at least entertain everyone out there and keep them from letting their hair starting their hair on fire because the Bears are never going to win and oh, they suck and this and that, you know, I really do believe that they have. The blind squirrel found the nut. <laughs> and it's just going to take a little bit of time for them to build that nest. And I think we're on a good path towards that. And that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, there's a lot more losses to come this season, it seems like, because for fuck's sake, if we can't beat the Falcons, then who can we beat? I honestly don't know. Maybe no the one. Lions. We might, we they, might, they may win we the, might lose the rest of the season. Well, the Jets aren't very good, and they're talking about benching Zach Wilson. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I was going to say that. That would probably help them. 
I have to apologize to everyone in chat tonight. Kitty is not producing the show because she's hanging out with my buddy's wife over in our other side of our house. So I'm running this shit tonight. So I'm, <laughs> it's hard to pull up uh, chat questions while I'm trying to pay attention to you guys after a, another fucking loss. So hard to talk about losses, but at least we can build on the future from it, right? At least we have that. There's right? always can we. There's always something good to talk about, you know, regardless of how bad the loss is, there's always some players that are doing good things. So we'll talk mm -hmm. about them until we're talking about the Bears wins, which will be coming. Mm -hmm. Jack Sanborn had another, he was like the second leading tackler of the game today or yesterday. I mean, yeah, I know it's Jack Sanborn, but he has still been playing better on paper than Roquan Smith since we traded Roquan Smith. So. In my mind, good trade. He's not, you know, Sanbor is not standing out like, oh, he's doing what he did last game, the previous game. But maybe there's something to build on there. And, you know, maybe there's something to build on with uh, this uh, general manager who likes to, who treats picks as gold bars. And we, we can move forward with knowing that we're going to be in good hands with a couple of trade downs that'll get us more picks and we will we'll turn seven into 15 next year or something and then have that much more to work with i mean i'm just trying to douse my hair with water to keep it from lighting on fire that's all so uh dan well, I, I think i was gonna say is like which free agents though instead of draft picks what free agents me we have a shit ton of money to spend shorty or dan Dan, I was Dan. I'm sorry, Dan. I I have no idea at this point. I mean, I don't know. I to be completely honest with you, I've watched what are we week eleven? I've probably watched twelve games this year. I watched the Denver Houston game, and I've watched all eleven Bears games. I've not watched <laughs> one second of anything else. I don't I know who's you, a free Dan. agent right now. Oh, I'm in too. Bears bunker. I love this guy. Okay. I love you, Dan. I, I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm right there with you. I've gone to three. You know, so I, it's like. I, I read the list uh, of ones that I was looking at a couple of weeks ago. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I do remember that if the Bears spend about $70 million on the defense, they could end up with four solid quality star players on the defense. And that, you know, $70 million to do that, that, that may be enough to uh, change, change their defense from being pretty bad to being pretty darn good. Okay. Can I be negative again? <laughs> The Chicago Bears have signed uh, Julius Peppers. The Chicago Bears have traded for Khalil Mack. Oh, boy, we've got Peppers. We've got Mack. Neither one of those meant shit in the end. Mack had three Hold or four good games. We just traded for Khalil Mack? Yeah, we gave Dude, up two draft picks, and Mack didn't do anything but have a couple good games in 2018. Dan, Dan, Peppers, Mac, Peppers Mac was is... great when he went to Green Bay, and he was great in Carolina, but in Chicago, he's – Max he's, is a he's transcendent there. player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's yeah, Columbus was number 60 on the Bears', Bears all-time top 100 list uh, going into the 2019 season. After one season, by the way, which yeah. is just embarrassingly like we don't have any concept of history while we're writing this fucking shit. But uh, th I'm sorry, Mac wasn't good in 19, 20, or 21. No. Terrible trade. Well, Awful I'll, trade. I'll name one guy. I'll name one guy. The Bears have signed Justin Fields. There's still hope for him. 
Yeah, I I hope so. He is the the modern day Walter Payton of the Chicago Bears. There's nothing else I can say about him other than that he he he's holding this entire team together with every single play, and he controls the ball. He has more control of the ball than Payton did. But you put the ball in the hand and that in the sands that many times. He is going to be the transcendent star that we're going to see grow and grow as we're watching with our own very eyes. And next year is going to be a lot better. We all know that. So let's just we've seen some look our wounds pretty amazing and, things, Shorty. You know, I yeah. mean, he he makes some mistakes, but we've seen him do some really amazing things. So mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe the Bears are going to end up having someone that makes Josh Allen look like the second best quarterback in the league. Let's positive. And not thought. to mention. Fields is in his third offense in three seasons. Exactly. I mean, yeah, he's not supposed to be some fucking, you know, expert of this new offense, like not even through one season, but that's not what pe- people just want to denigrate him, you know? Mm-hmm. 100% agreed. Well, guys. So we, we may I, as well be, we may as well be ready for it. Bears are going to lose most, if not all of the games for the rest of the season. So let's just uh, accept it. Let's accept the fact that we'll get a better draft pick and let's look at the development and the good thing. We talked about it at the start of the year. Let's look at the development and the good things that are happening from some of the players on the team because they're the guys that will still be there next year. And, and let's just look at it like, like you were saying. If we continue to think positively and we just just find the cliff notes of positivity in each game, right? Because we at this point – if we can't beat the fucking Falcons, we know that we are destined for uh, the next five games are going to be probably mostly losses. So if we can just find the positives in them, right, Cliff? We can, we can, that's, that's we'll, how I we'll, like we'll, to think. We'll pull Dan out of the mud every week moving forward. And we'll, and we'll get Dan ready for Dan and Eldo on Tuesday. I blame all of this on Jim McMahon. So that Eldo gets a fresh. <laughs> Dan Why? needs to be all the negative out of out of out of his system on Monday and move on with Aldo tomorrow night and have a fresh perspective. If I'd have never been attracted to Jim McMahon's commercial spots and his personality, <laughs> I'd have never been stuck being a Bears fan for 40 fucking years of losing. <laughs> Brian, you want to ask uh how like where, Brian asked about you today, Dan. He's like, like so like, like where did he grow up? I'm like, West Virginia his whole life. And like Brian just started laughing. So how did he become a, a Bears fan? I was like, fucking Jim McMahon. <laughs> Jim McMahon. <laughs> oh, the guy on that fucking motorcycle commercial. He's cool. The guy in the Taco Bell commercial. Who's that? Who does he play for? Well, that's my team. Yep. That was me at four or five or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was me the same year at like 10. That got me into the, into the Bears was that. 84, 85 season. Amazing. Did you guys guys, happen to see the game in Germany? No. Where the crowd was talking. They were singing uh, Take Me Home Country Road, the German crowd. Oh, God. Take Me Home Country Road. If you knew how how badly I hate John Denver. It was awesome. (laughs) God. And every time West Virginia uh, wins a game. All the Germans singing it. Well, it's better than some pro-Nazi stuff, but still, the uh, every time West Virginia wins a game, they play that damn John Denver song. I can't stand it, man. 
even when like metal people come here like like rob zombie sung john denver while he was here he's like quit capitulating to like this redneck stereotype bro you know none of us are wearing shoes either right rob (laughs) all right well guys all right i'm gonna sing a song out of here another excellent version take me home guys thank you everyone in chat thank you very much cliff thank you very much dan love you very much all right Brian, you are too. Thank you. you. You're you're my fucking BFF from all from high school, my friends. So. Man, this I appreciate you having me on. This is so much fun. I love it. Oh, it's been a blast. You're doing a great thing. Coming out this weekend, hanging out with us, going to the Bears game. I know it's it sucks talking about games like this after a loss, and I appreciate you guys coming on with me. And Cliff, you're always so positive. And Dan, we're gonna keep continuing to pull you out of the gutter. <laughs> Considering we have a lot more gutter games left. This, <laughs> this is still better <laughs> than 98 when Steve, when Steve Stenstrom. When Steve Stenstrom had to play for Eric Kramer the rest of the year. And like, oh, oh God, God, Steve, how can I even watch Steve Stenstrom? That's the worst quarterback in my lifetime for the Bears. Worse than Jonathan Quinn. I agree. Steve Stenstrom. Well, if you guys ever the, see uh, me the... being negative, then be worried. Uh, well, Myself included, Cliff. I'm, I'm going to come out here and rant one day, all pissed off, but it, I'll get it's out gonna, of my system and try to remain positive as much as I can. It'll be the Green Bay game. I'm telling you, it's going to be. Oh Green Bay. God! I just we'll all be ready to go. Yeah, let's get ready for that one. Let's just prepare for that. I'm going to be positive until then. That game, I might just blow up. I no, think the draft choice and beat Green Bay. Yeah, they better fucking beat Green Bay. Anyways, love you guys. Love you guys in chat. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. You guys, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Barb Network and Bears Country Podcast. And until next week, ready? One, two, three. Bears. 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 Bears.